in the last episode of Propaganda Universe, we discussed propaganda as being the critical paradigm for the study of manipulative communication. In this episode, we continue this discussion and introduce a theory of propaganda that provides a viable framework for its study. So join me now in the Propaganda Universe. In the previous episode of Propaganda Universe, we discussed what a theory is and its importance towards the creation of knowledge about a specific phenomenon. In the case of propaganda, there exists no formal expression of a theory, and it is my assertion that this fact, in addition to its definitional issues, are two of the major reasons why research on propaganda is so fragmented. In general, theories provide an explanation of what factors bring about certain results and are used in most fields of study. Researchers use theories as a guide for research design, data collection, and analysis. Before we begin to construct a theory for propaganda, it is first necessary to talk about what a theory is composed of and how it is constructed. To start with, theories are comprised of concepts that form the foundation on which theories are built. A concept, in a theoretical construct, is something that is an actual condition, factor, or other important variable that is an essential aspect of a phenomenon. Common examples of concepts are demographics, income, race, or gender. Concepts that are included in a theoretical construct must be things that can be empirically observed, as these are the specific components of a theory that guide a researcher's methodology, data collection, and analysis. Another important element of a theory is how the different concepts relate to each other. How the concepts relate to each other provide the causal and explanatory mechanisms for the theory. The stated relationships between concepts are generally known as theoretical propositions and are expressed in the form of statements. In some theoretical constructs, the concepts are identified as being independent or dependent variables, and the theoretical proposition explains how the independent variable influences the dependent variable. It is important to note that the relationships described in a theoretical proposition are assumptions and always subject to empirical evaluation. Now that we've discussed what a theory is composed of, let us now proceed with constructing a formal theory of propaganda. We are choosing to build a formal theory of propaganda because a formal theory explicitly states its theoretical propositions. By explicitly stating a theory's theoretical propositions, we remove the ambiguity surrounding a phenomenon and provide clarity for researchers. 
Let's first begin with defining the concepts. In the episode on defining propaganda, we identify the necessary and sufficient concepts that comprise its definition. These were intentionality, power, communication, action, and the user. In addition to these concepts, there are other concepts that are contained within the notion of propaganda. From the literature on propaganda, five additional concepts are identified. Please note, for your reference, I have included a bibliography of the propaganda literature used in identifying the concepts in the video description. The additional concepts to be used in the theoretical propositions are knowledge of the audience, mass audience, information control, human sciences, and technology. Let us review each one. Knowledge of the audience. This is the key requirement to produce and disseminate propaganda as this identifies the conditions, susceptibilities, and vulnerabilities that propaganda seeks to exploit. Even propaganda systems that are ideologically oriented, such as was the Soviet system or the Chinese and North Korean systems of today, seek basic knowledge of the audience. Moreover, this knowledge provides information regarding the target's media use habits, which are crucial in identifying channels through which to reach and expose the target to propaganda. Mass Audience Because propaganda is a social phenomenon, it seeks to affect audiences of some magnitude. Individuals are taken into account only in terms of how they relate to a larger whole and the characteristics they hold in common with the group that is being targeted. Influencing the larger group is what propaganda is interested in doing. Information control This is a necessary component of propaganda as it serves to suppress, neutralize, or censor information or sources that are contradictory, offer alternative perspectives, or are otherwise in conflict or compete with the aims of the propagandist. Examples of common information control techniques are undermining the credibility of a source, casting a source in a negative frame, legal action, censorship, limiting access to alternate sources of information, and physical destruction of communication channels. Human Sciences Propaganda is reliant on the human sciences to provide its persuasive techniques and methods. This encompasses the disciplines that are include, but are not limited to, psychology, cognitive science, behavioral science, social science, neuroscience, and cultural anthropology. Propaganda takes advantage of advances in these or other useful sciences 
in an attempt to make it more effective. Technology. This refers specifically to information and communication technology. Propaganda depends on a communication medium composed of information technology to create and disseminate content. Additionally, technology can facilitate other propaganda concepts such as knowledge of the audience, mass audience, and information control. The technology that comprises a medium also has the potential to create influential effects in and of itself. Similar to the human sciences, propaganda adapts to and takes advantage of technological advancements. We will now construct theoretical propositions that describe relationships between these concepts. The following theoretical propositions are made. Proposition 1. As communication technology advances, so does knowledge of an audience, the ability to reach a mass audience, and the ability to control information. Proposition 2. The more knowledge there is of an audience, the more precise a selection of the appropriate human science techniques and methods can be made towards developing a persuasive strategy. Proposition 3. Advances in communication technology and the human sciences prompt institutional adaptations in the organizations that produce propaganda. Proposition 4. The more proficient an institution is in optimizing the integration of the other concepts, the more effective propaganda is. Proposition 5. The more control of information exists over a mass audience, the more the mass audience is susceptible to propaganda. I would like to highlight the fact that, like with any other theory, these propositions are a starting point for further development and improvement. Theories are always subject to being improved by fine-tuning the concepts as well as their relationships. Most importantly, we now have a formal theory of propaganda from which we can derive better research outcomes on manipulative communication. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and that you'll join me in the next. Please be sure to check out Propaganda Universe's channel on YouTube to view the video version of this podcast. If you find value in the content of Propaganda Universe, please share the podcast link. By sharing the Propaganda Universe's podcast, you are making a valuable contribution towards helping your fellow citizens avoid the negative effects of manipulative communication and propaganda. Another way to contribute is to join Propaganda Universe's Patreon community of supporters or by making a contribution through PayPal. Links to Propaganda Universe's Patreon and PayPal page can be found on the podcast page in Buzzsprout or on the Propaganda Universe's website at propagandauniverse.net. That's propagandauniverse.net. 
I hope you will tune in for the next episode, and thank you so much for joining me in the Propaganda Universe. Thank you.